Hello, my name is David Eagle. This is the David Eagle Podcast. I'm speaking to you from 2022, but we are about to whiz back in time to 2016, where I had a crazy idea to release 366 consecutive daily podcasts in a project called David's Daily Digital Dollop. In a bid to streamline this podcast, rather than having 366 episodes just for 2016 alone, I have compiled these weekly omnibus editions, and this is the third one of those. When you hear this sound... We're moving on to the next dollop, and we start with what I suppose is a sort of landmark dollop, because it's the day that I wrote, recorded and presented my George Formby Windows parody, which is now a mainstay in my musical comedy set. And that's how we're starting the third weekly omnibus edition of David's Daily Digital Dollop. Enjoy. This is something that came to me this morning. We were listening to a bit of Lonnie Donegan, a little bit of George Formby was on in the pub that we were in last night. That kind of brought about this idea in my head this morning. This song wasn't even conceived until about two o'clock this afternoon and wasn't finished until half five. I was meant to be getting a bus at 6.20 to get me to uh, Sean's house. Sean, the young'un's very own Sean Cooney's house for about seven o'clock. But I'm not going to make that. I am missing an appointment by about an hour. He's made a curry, and I'm going to keep him waiting and everybody else waiting for an hour just because of this. Here we go. This is a, a parody of George Formby, When I'm Cleaning Windows. This has been done in a rush, as I say. I'm not trying to make excuses. It's just I haven't managed to master it and perfect it all and that kind of thing. But hopefully, work in progress. Hopefully, there's something in this and you enjoy it. Well, I am not computer lit, but I thought I'd really best try it. So I bought myself some computer kit, and I started using Windows. Well, I am just a regular guy, and we all get urges by and by. So I thought I'd give some porn a try. Now that I've got Windows, I got myself on Google search to find me something mucky. In the search box, I typed boobies and clicked, I am feeling lucky. Well, the things I saw upon my screen of people doing things obscene dirtier than a latrine. Thank God that I got windows. Bare-breasted ladies nice and tanned. Lesbians loving on the sand. I wish I could lend them a hand. But I'm just here home on windows. I still don't know computers and that just can't be denied. Which is how I've accidentally ordered myself a tie bride. I sit and watch pornography and you might say ironically, what I do is not PC. When I'm using windows, Mr. Wellhung Miss Dirty Whore Cavorting wildly on the floor Hang on, that's Bill and Sue next door They've just started using Windows I met a girl on online chat A lovely lass from Pontefract She said that she'd do things like that Like the things she's seen on Windows I got a message from her Saying that she was being webcammed I'm not computer savvy So I didn't understand But I clicked on that link anyway And what I saw I will not say But I could watch that girl do that all day. Hooray, I'm using Windows. I've said I'm not computer lit, so I don't have a clue how I did it, but now I'm really in the shit, cause when I log on to Windows, that girl's naked video is my desktop background, you know, and when my wife sees it, her top she'll blow when she logs on to Windows. I've tried pressing the delete key, but that video won't go, you see. I can't get it off. 
ironically. Bloody stupid windows. I don't know what I've done now. Christ, I need an IT saviour. Cause somehow I've got two hairy naked blokes as my screensaver. Computers, I don't have the knack. I can't get my old desktop picture back. Bloody hell, I think I better get a Mac and give up using windows. I was in Sheffield City Centre this weekend. There was delays on the trams due to some rioting football fans. Sheffield Wednesday were playing Leeds United, and naturally there is a huge tribal divide that exists between these two places. After all, the two cultures are so vastly different, which probably has something to do with the fact that the two cities are so far away from each other. It's inevitable that there will be culture clashes. Sheffield and Leeds are about 30 miles apart, for God's sake. They're two worlds are just so different, they cannot comprehend each other's world. Sheffield, steel, Leeds, wool. Little wonder that these two disparate tribes clashed on Saturday. Leeds with its four universities compared to Sheffield's paltry two. These proud Sheffield men have never really recovered from this unjust imbalance. It was only a matter of time before war broke out. Then, to add insult to injury, the Global and World Cities Research Network ranked Leeds as a gamma world city and the men of Sheffield were livid. They declared war on Leeds immediately, and also sent a rather sniffy letter to the Global and World Cities Network, in which they told them where they could stick their Gamma World Cities ranking decision, and also pointed out the needless tautological nature of their name. Surely, Global and World both mean the same thing. I know we only have two universities, they sarcastically wrote, but that doesn't mean we don't have the education to realise a tautologically named organisation when we see one. That would show them. But it would take more than a strongly worded, grammatically nitpicky letter to avenge the people of Leeds. The tribesmen of Sheffield donned their steel toe-cap boots, and the tribesmen of Leeds responded by putting on their thickest woolly jumpers, as the time for battle had come. On Saturday, after the football match, the real action kicked off. It started with a tribesman from Sheffield singing a self-composed song into a megaphone, all about the fact that Sheffield has the largest ratio of trees to people than any other European city. This has always been a sore point for the proud tribesmen of Leeds, who instantly became riled by this song. One of the men from the Leeds tribe punched the singing tree man in the face and wrestled the megaphone out of his grasp. He then began to sing his own self-composed song, all about how Leeds was the second largest legal city in the UK after London. <laughs> well, the proud tribesmen of Sheffield weren't having this. A group of them charged towards the megaphone bearer and began to kick him with their steel toe-cap boots. The Leeds tribesmen dropped the megaphone, but not before he shouted into it that he would sue his attackers, because being from Leeds, he knew hundreds of lawyers. By this point, the fight had well and truly started. Ben and I were trying to get home, but stupid Ben was foolishly wearing a hat made from wool, which caused a group of Sheffield tribesmen to charge towards us, assuming us to be Leeds tribesmen. Neither me or Ben come from Sheffield or Leeds, but the hat had incurred the Sheffielders' wrath. A man ripped it from Ben's head and urinated in it while singing an anti-wool song which had been passed down to him by his granddad, one of the proudest Sheffield tribesmen that had ever lived. We were now surrounded by Sheffield tribesmen and I knew that we were for it. 
But then I had an idea. I produced my cane out of my bag and frantically pointed to the steel tip on the end of it while shouting, Steel! 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 Fortunately, this seemed to convince them that I was not a Leeds tribesman and I was safe. But Ben had been the wearer of the hat and Ben did not have anything steel on him to appease the aggressions of these fervent Sheffielders. Fortunately, inspiration struck Ben and just in the nick of time. He was just about to be kicked in the face by a Sheffielder's steel toe-cap boot but managed to assuage his assailants by singing the chorus to I bet that you look good on the dance floor by Sheffield band The Arctic Monkeys. Instantly, the Sheffielders joined in and Ben and I had no choice but to wave our hands in the air, chanting the lyrics loudly and out of tune along with everyone else. Through cunning, we had managed to escape our violent fate at the hands of the notoriously ruthless and fervent Sheffield tribesmen. But we were not out of the woods yet, which is not a pun on the amount of trees that Sheffield boasts. This is a serious story. Our lives are in danger, and now is not the time for flippant wordplay. A group of Leeds tribesmen had heard our Arctic monkeys chant and were forming at the mouths, ready for a fight. It was clear to both of us that when the fight broke out, we would very much be a prime target. We were at the centre of the Sheffielders, having been the two people who had started the song. And now to add further insult to injury, we were stood right next to the urine-soaked woolly hat, which was bound to draw attention to us and incur the Leeds tribesmen's wrath. To make matters even worse, I still had hold of my cane and had been waving it in the air, steel tip proudly and clearly on display, while we sang the Arctic Monkeys. How would we get out of this? As if struck by divine inspiration, Ben and I both simultaneously had the exact same thought for escape. As the Leeds tribesmen rounded upon us, we each took off a woolen sock and waved it in the air and began to belt out the chorus to Every Day I Love You Less and Less by Leeds band the Kaiser Chiefs. The two tribes were stunned into momentary confusion. Just whose side were we on? While the two tribes tried to process this information, we made a run for it. Well, actually a hop for it, because we'd both taken off a shoe in order to wave our socks in the air. Perhaps a more apt Kaiser Chiefs song would have been I Predict a Riot, for a mere two seconds later, a full-scale brawl broke out. But we had successfully fled for safety, and were now making our way home in order to write a parody of When I'm Cleaning Windows by George Formby. I am listening to Packabell's Cannon. The effects of this piece are amazingly powerful. I am calm. I am soothed. I am contented. I think it's almost impossible to feel anything but these emotions when listening to Packabell's Cannon. And incredibly, just 30 seconds ago, I was stressed, exasperated, and fatigued. Maybe everything will be fine after all. I began to go deeper into my blissful trance as the further melody was added to the piece, perfectly interplaying with the others. It was pointless getting wound up and stressed by such trivial events. I wouldn't let any of it bother me. I began to smile and I was truly calm, contented and at peace. All stress had evaporated and was forgotten. Thank you for waiting. We will be with you as soon as possible. Please continue to hold. Oh, piss off, you stupid little... But then Packabell's cannon returned, and suddenly my negative outburst seemed silly. 
I was astounded by how quickly I managed to move from anger and stress to calm and contented, back to anger and stress again in mere seconds. This cycle continued for about ten minutes. Packerbell's cannon interrupted with frequent automated announcements, reminding me that my call was important to them and that they would be with me as soon as possible. I was starting to doubt whether this was really a call centre, but rather a scientific experiment to monitor the effects on stress levels when a listener is confronted with Packerbell's cannon versus a litany of insufferable condescending announcements from a machine. One of the phone calls was to HMRC, which now has this new system installed whereby before reaching the talk to a nice helpful human level, you first have to have a conversation with the machine, which thinks that it's much cleverer than it actually is. Before I connect you to one of our operators, I need to know the reason for your call. So, go ahead. Tell me, why are you calling? There is a pause while I try to process this and work out what exactly to say. The trouble is, I know nothing about this machine, and I have no idea how clever and sophisticated it is. So now I have to try and work out how to communicate with the machine, having been asked to try and explain the purpose of my call, which I was hoping to discuss through with a human. I've been given no prompts as to how much detail I am meant to provide. Does the machine only understand key words? Or does it expect full sentences? Over Payment, I tried, enunciating as clearly as I could. There was a pause before the machine spoke again. Okay, I got that. Tell me more. Tell me more. What is the purpose of this rigmarole? Surely it's just to ascertain a rough idea of why I'm calling so that I can be transferred to the right department. Even though I'm convinced that all this is a waste of time anyway, and that I'll no doubt just be connected to the same department as I would have been if we hadn't gone through this pointless charade. The time it took me to try and come up with a more detailed response was obviously too much time for the machine's liking, so it spoke again, reiterating its request. Tell me more. When I called up HMRC, I had I hadn't anticipated duetting a strange tax-based rendition of the Grease Lightning song with a machine, albeit a much more wordy and less catchy version. Tell me more! Tell me more! I have been sent a letter containing an incorrect calculation of the amount of money that I need to pay back to HMRC. I tried to be patient with the machine. I was careful not to lose my temper, as I knew that it had the potential to punish me by putting me on hold and taking up the next half an hour of my existence by ruining pieces of classical music with a litany of irritating messages. During one of the many calls that I had to make today, I was connected to a machine that asked me lots of questions. Finally, it got to the part when I just needed to verify the details that it had accumulated during our ten-minute phone call were all correct. Astoundingly, it had seemingly heard everything I'd said and seemed to understand it all. Maybe this machine was more advanced than all the others that I'd dealt with during the day. If this is correct, please say yes or say no if there's something wrong. Yes, I said, relieved that my final call of the day was coming to an end and that I could soon hang up and do something much more productive with my life, like reliving the horrors of the last few hours by typing it up for a daily blog much more productive. But my relief was cut short. I'm sorry, I didn't get that. Can you say that again, please? Just say yes or no. What? What do you mean? You didn't get that. You've managed to understand everything else that I said, proper big grown-up sentences and everything, but now you were struggling to understand the one final syllable that would bring my call centre torture to an end. And then, I'm sorry, I didn't get that. There seems to be a problem. Please hold the line while I connect you to one of our operators. 
Last Friday, my friend was walking her husky dog in the park. Along the way, she met a lady who was walking a couple of husky dogs. My friend is in her mid-twenties, and this woman is in her sixties. The lady mentioned that she was new to the area, and asked about good places to take the dogs. They got chatting about parks and fields and dog-friendly places, and my friend offered to show her the lay of the land. The woman gladly accepted this invitation, and they exchanged phone numbers. A couple of days later, my friend texted the lady to see if she fancied coming with her on a dog walk. The woman immediately responded, saying that this was an excellent idea. Give me an hour, I just need to pick something up for us, the lady replied. An hour later, the five of them met, my friend and her dog, and the lady and her two dogs. But that wasn't all she had with her. She was carrying a bag which bore a picture of two dogs kissing, and out of that bag she drew the something that she had referred to in her text. In fact, there was two somethings. In fact, there were two somethings. Yes. Get your grammar right, David. People listen to this. People from other countries who are maybe studying in England listen to this to perfect their language skills. So I do apologise. She handed one to my friend. A wide smile spread across the lady's face. My friend opened the bag, and inside she found something that immediately set alarm bells ringing and caused her to re-evaluate whether meeting up with this woman had really been such a good idea after all. Inside the bag was a hoodie. A hoodie with a large three-dimensional protruding furry husky dog attached. A husky hoodie. The woman began to put her hoodie on. My friend was just standing there, confused and more than a little bit embarrassed. Put it on then, the lady said, and my friend, just like me in that pub with the violent landlord, was far too polite and felt far too socially awkward to refuse. Even though technically there is very little chance of feeling anything but socially awkward once you've donned one of these ridiculous monstrosities. And so, embarrassed and self-conscious, she put on her husky hoodie. It suits you, the woman gleefully remarked. Maybe this was her cue to return the compliment. And, um, same to you. Uh, Yours suits you too. The woman was delighted. I saw it in the town and thought, you know, why not? Surely that question should have immediately brought up at least several answers. Yet, in spite of this, she had still concluded that buying a couple of husky hoodies for her and someone that she'd only just met for about ten minutes a couple of days ago was a smashingly grand idea. I thought we could wear these on our little outings, the mad woman said, before adding the disconcerting line, and our big outings. The woman giggled to herself and pulled something else out of her kissing doggy bag. She handed it to my friend, the smile broadening on her face. What on earth could this possibly be now? She unwrapped this second gift and stared in wonder at what she saw. A pair of tickets for something called Husky Fest, which was a holiday specifically for husky dogs and their owners. This lady, 40 years older than my friend, had bought a pair of tickets for the two of them to spend the weekend in Tewkesbury in Gloucestershire with a load of dogs and dog-obsessed owners. As she read on, her horror grew. She would be sharing a chalet with this crazy 60-year-old dog-obsessed woman. There'd be lots of activities for the dogs to do and for the owners to enjoy, such as pulling competitions and a husky beauty pageant in order to find the prettiest husky dog. Perhaps the lady saw a flicker of horror on my friend's face that even being terribly British and over-polite couldn't mask. Don't worry, it's all paid for. My treat. 
Obviously, the mad lady had completely misunderstood the cause of my friend's horrified expression. There was no way out. She was heading off to the other side of the country in March to spend a weekend with a woman that she'd only known for all of 15 minutes, with a load of husky dogs and husky dog obsessives, just as she thought things couldn't get any worse. A man who she'd had a date with just the day before rounded the corner. The date had gone well, and she was keen to see him again, but preferably not when she was wearing a husky hoodie while standing next to another woman wearing the same husky hoodie and carrying a kissing doggy bag. She bowed her head, hoping that she wouldn't be recognised, but it was too late. She could tell that he looked confused and perturbed by what he was seeing, but he was about to see even more. The three husky dogs had been playing together nicely for the last five minutes, but had decided that now was the perfect moment to start trying to mount each other and vigorously hump. Ironically, the three dogs had pulled, while her own romantic prospects were dwindling at the speed of the winner of the fastest husky competition, which was just one of the many events that she had to look forward to in March. She was starting to wonder whether this woman was actually trying to be friendly, or merely wishing to curse her to live the same spinsterish life that she was living. Maybe this mad lady was once the same as my friend, a young, attractive girl with a love interest and hopes and dreams. Until one day she met a mad old dog-obsessed spinster who wheedled her way into her life and turned her into a mad dog-obsessed spinster just like her. And maybe one day when my friend was older, she would also pass this curse on to another unsuspecting young girl. I once had a dream in which I was at an airport going through the security checks. I was being frisked when an alarm started to sound. I was taken into a room and informed that I would need to have an anal cavity search. I think there was a part of me that was aware that this was only a dream, and so I was confident that, fortunately, I would wake up very soon. Normally, when I'm having a nightmare in which something really shocking is about to happen, such as being chased by a wild animal, I wake up just as the animal is upon me, sparing me having to vividly imagine my own death at the hands of a savage, ravenous beast. Oh, it reminds me of my ex. <laughs> The man put on his glove and lowered my trousers and pants, but still I slept on. The man then began to apply some very cold lubricant to the parting in my buttocks, and still I remained asleep. The man slowly began to insert a finger into my anus, and yet I slumbered on. It felt like the man was up there for ages. Surely this is roughly on the same scale of horror as the being chased by a wild animal dreams. But apparently not, according to my subconscious. So I had to just lie there while my brain gave me a vivid experience of a man poking and prodding about for a good few minutes inside my backside. Even my own brain hates me. I wonder whether Chloe will find me reading that part out on the podcast Erotic. Did you enjoy that, Chloe? Let us know. Standing by my side I'll make you my bride In this fine month of April 
I was given a nice surprise today when I got a notification from Twitter saying that I had been mentioned by the excellent folk duo Catherine Roberts and Sean Lakeman, you've just heard a little bit of there at the start. They had cited me as one of their favourite artists. I assume that perhaps they meant to mention my folk group, The Young'uns, given that all the other names on there were folk, but for some reason just mentioned my Twitter account instead, meaning that I am now listed as one of Catherine and Sean's favourite music groups slash artists. Perhaps it was deliberate. Maybe they heard my George Formby parody from Dollop 16, and I was instantly catapulted to the top of their list. And I am top of the list because my name is the first name mentioned in their tweet, suggesting that it might have been deliberate and that I was the first person that they thought of when it came to naming their favourite artist slash group. Or maybe it was my jingles with my 11-year-old niece Lucy that featured on the first four audio dollops. Or perhaps they were taken by my generic football anthem. Now last week on the podcast I played a football song. Basically what they'd done is they'd created this football song, then they just must have copied and pasted in the various team names. I found this on Spotify when I typed in the word Hartlepool, and it came up with, don't kick the baby, get the goal, Hartlepool United. But I thought there's something a bit weird about this song, because it, it was using all sorts of terms and phrases that aren't really used in English football, and it was done by Americans. This score zone, they were using the word score zone, overtime rather than extra time. I worked out what it was, because when you look at the artist profile on Spotify, I saw that they'd basically done the same song, but copied and pasted each team name. There was one for every single league, not only in England, but also throughout the world as well. And the other weird thing about this was they also got some of the team names wrong. They got most of the team names wrong. They were putting thes and team before and after them, which is not right. But also, they called Derby County the Derby Country team. My favourite was Peterborough United. They called the Petersburg United. So I thought, I can do better than this. I'm going to produce a, a football song. The name can be copied and pasted, depending on which team it is, and it can be sold on Spotify and iTunes. Whichever football club you support, you can just click on that one. You know, I can make millions here. I can produce a song that's even more cynically and cheaply produced than that football song. So I'm going to play you the Hartlepool United version. This took me about two hours to make, so I literally have spent two hours recording a football song. And we're going to play the Hartlepool United version. Come on, boys, kick the ball. Don't quibble, just dribble and get it in the goal. Cause we are the team that is the best. We are the team that's better than the rest. We're always winning. The Heart of Doom United. That's why we're singing. The Heart of Doom United. Home and away, we know how to play every game. I've supported you since birth. We're the Heart of Doom United. The greatest team on earth is the Heart of Doom United. Hear the crowd roar as we score, 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 then score some more. We declare war because we are the greatest soccer team in the world. And we go by the name of the Heart of Doom United. Yeah, yeah that's right. In your face, you are the teams. You suck. Boys, gather round. We're all here at the suck. 
the ground Our midfielders, our quarterbacks, our strikers too They all know just what to do We keep on scoring where the heart will go united Our play is never boring where the heart will go united We are the team that'll make you scream In a good way, we mean The heart of Duel United The fans are always dancing The heart of Duel United Win, win, win The goals keep coming in That's why we always sing We are the greatest soccer team in the world And we go by the name of The Heart of Duel United We are the greatest soccer team in the world and we go by the name of The Heart of Duel United We are the greatest soccer team in the world And we go by the name of The Heart of Duel United We are the greatest soccer team in the world And we go by the name of The Middlesbrough FC What? The Birmingham City Team No, no, the Derby there's Country something wrong team. with the machine Petersburg We're gonna get rumbled We're gonna get found out quick United. Stop the tape Stop the United. tape Or maybe Catherine and Sean have listened to my album of meditation music. Oh dear, what a stressful day. Oh, I think I might do a bit of meditation. Stick on one of these meditation CDs. It's a bit boring, this meditation CD, isn't it? Is it going to do anything else but om? Oh dear. Oh, I can't meditate with this going on. Oh, oh. Oh, that's it, I've had enough. Oh, if only there was a way of meditating without listening to all that nonsense. Well, now there is, thanks to Guru Eagle. Now that's what I call meditation. Volume OM. It's time to get on down with the groovy sounds of meditation. Featuring meditation music in a variety of musical genres, including jazz. Get on down to the sounds of meditation. You want a bit of peace and contemplation. We're gonna take you to a higher level. But first, here's a little trumpet solo from my man Neville. Funk. Just because I'm a Buddhist monk That don't mean I don't like to funk Come on everybody listen to my song I wanna hear you do the funky um Um with me now Come on um Yeah um Um man Hip hop There are so many ways that you can relax You can stand in a field and stroke ponies Me, I just like to sit back, chill Meditate with my homies and even drum and bass. Now that's what I call meditation, volume OM. A unique CD from Guru Eagle, taking the irritation out of meditation. Or could it have been that they heard my Eskimo kissing song? They like to French kiss But me and my girl We'd rather give all that a miss We'd rather kiss The Eskimo way Rubbing our noses Is the perfect for play Because we're Eskimo kissing tonight We're 
kissing tonight You're my Eskimo girl and I'm your Eskimo guy Touch my nose, don't be shy Nosey, nosey I've been with so many girls who've rubbed me up the wrong way But the way that you rub me, you know I'm always gonna stay We're gonna demonstrate our love that the Eskimos do We're gonna stick together just like Eclipse Because we're Eskimo kissing tonight We're Eskimo kissing tonight You're my Eskimo girl and I'm your Eskimo guy Touch my nose, don't be shy Lucy, Lucy. Well, it's been such a long time Because you've had a bad cold But now you say it's cleared up So our passion takes its hold We're rubbing our noses Girl, you know how to please The moment is so magical Until you start to sneeze She told me she loved me And then she sneezed Well, that was mucus to my ears We're Eskimo kissing tonight We're Eskimo kissing tonight you're my Eskimo girl, I'm your Eskimo guy Touch my nose, don't be shy Nosey, nosey We're Eskimo kissing tonight We're Eskimo kissing tonight You're my Eskimo girl, I'm your Eskimo guy Touch my nose, don't be shy Nosey, nosey we're Eskimo kissing tonight We're Eskimo kissing tonight You're my Eskimo girl and I'm your Eskimo guy Such my nose, don't be shy Don't be shy No, don't be shy No, don't be shy What was that called at the end? Oh, I know, I know. But you said, when you bucked that session musician, I said, buck someone who knows the song. I asked you if he knew it, and you said he knew it. No, you no. You clearly said he knew it. No, he knew it. He's an Inuit. Who are you calling an idiot? Are you calling me an idiot? Bob, perhaps Catherine and Sean are fans of my Leona Lewis parody. Good night, love. Good night. Good night. <sighs> <sighs> I can't sleep tonight, what a bloody pain Once or twice was enough, but now it's driving me insane Time starts to pass, but still that sheep keeps going I turn to my wife, but she is fast asleep I wake her up What? Can't you hear that bloody sheep? Um, not really, darling uh, Just ignore it and go to sleep <laughs> I'll try and do what you say And go to sleep like you 
Oh, for God's sake, a bloody and iron shape. Will you stop it, you stupid oh, fool? Oh, dear, now I'm trying to go to sleep and all I can hear is you. Me? It's not me, love. It's, it's not me, it's the sheep. It's the sheep, love. Can't you hear it? It keeps bleeding, it keeps... Keeps bleeding, love. It keeps bleeding, a sheep. It keeps bleeding, love. It keeps bleeding, it keeps, keeps bleeding, love. That's Nico's sheep. I'm trying hard not to hear. But it bleeds so loud That piercing sound fills my ears And I can't filter it out But my wife doesn't care As back to sleep she's fallen If that knit-out sheep Doesn't shut its stupid face I'm gonna fetch my gun And blow that sheep into space But my wife looks at me as if I'm going crazy Oh, maybe, maybe I'll try and go to sleep But what can I do? Oh, and that sheep won't stop! Oh, come on, dear, now I'm trying to go to sleep And all I can hear is you Wait, it's not me, I, 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 it's it is you! you. But can't you hear it? No, I can't you hear it! You. It keeps bleeding, it keeps Keeps bleeding, love. It keeps bleeding. It keeps, keeps bleeding, love. It keeps bleeding. It keeps, keeps bleeding, love. Spare bedroom, I think. That nick shape, that heart. I can't get to sleep. For that nick of sheep. Shut up, you f***ing sheep. Right, that's it. What? No, I'm sorry, I've had enough. No, no. I'm getting my gun. That sheep is history. God, stand back! Stand back! No, please, darling, no! I don't care what you say. That sheep is gonna die. Don't pull me away. Think about the mince pies that we can eat once I've blown this wretched sheep open. Mince pies are very tempting, but you can't just go killing sheep. No, don't don't try and stop me, love. It keeps bleeding. It keeps keeps bleeding, love. It keeps bleeding. It keeps keeps bleeding, love. It keeps bleeding. That sheep. Keeps bleeding, love. It's all right, it's drive me insane. It keeps bleeding, it keeps, keeps bleeding, love. It keeps bleeding, it keeps, keeps bleeding, love. It keeps bleeding, it keeps, keeps bleeding, love. Come back to bed, dear. Come back to bed. Oh, stop it. That's what it. are you doing? That's it. Put the gun down! You f***ing sheep! No! Die, you stupid sheep! No! You f***ing no. sheep! Oh, no! Oh, no! Oh, no! Oh, well. Oh. Good night, love. Oh, good night. Yeah, see you in the morning. Oh, good night, night. Well, when I first received the tweets, I thought that it was strange. But now, listening back to uh, my impressive musical back catalogue, I see no reason why I shouldn't be their favourite artist. <laughs>